0: Welcome to Workforce Water Cooler, presenting total talent solutions and insights impacting the labor market today. Brought to you by TRC. Welcome to the Workforce Water Cooler, presented by TRC, the one-stop podcast for all your workforce questions and answers. Hello, I'm your host, Chuck. And on the show today, we'll be talking about HR challenges in the workplace. Joining me for the discussion is Dee Barlow, Human Resources Manager at Stratus Corporation which is an IT services and consulting company. With an HR career distinguished by commended performance and proven results, specializing in sourcing and selection, employee relations, and employee engagement, Dee will talk about navigating HR challenges in the workplace, such as increasing retention, employee management development, and much more. So let's get started. Dee, welcome to the water cooler.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Jack.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. Obviously, we know you professionally through what well, do, right? We actually work with the company that you work with, but uh, I've known you for a while, although you and I never got to meet in person, but I definitely know who you were and I'm super excited to talk to you. But before we get started on the business stuff, I would like to ask you a little bit about yourself personally. Like for instance, how did you get into human resources and you have such a distinguished HR career? Can you tell me a little bit about that and has HR always kind of been your passion?
1: Well, it's funny that you ask. No, HR was never my passion from the start. Prior to my career beginning, straight out of college, I was recruited before I graduated college by an organization called Target Stores, Target Corporation, and they brought me on board, moved me from Alabama, where I went to college, and brought me to Atlanta to be a manager in training. Target actually has an excellent program that they call the Center of Excellence. It's a training module that they have for all of their managers and training. And they train me in every aspect of their organization from front end, hard lines, soft lines, stock flow and human resources, by the way. And at the end of that four and a half, five months of training, they felt that my personality best fit the needs of their business in human resources. And so that's how it happened. That was 25 years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes folks do have an intended path when it comes to human resources. I want to pursue that. But a lot of times it's just like recruiting. You kind of are a people person and fall into it from there. But it definitely seems like you took to it really well. Because, I mean, again, you've been an HR manager. You've been there for a little, almost three years now, but you've been doing it for how many years total?
1: 25 years total. Three years here at my current organization, which I love, Stratix Corporation. But HR, it's the only thing I really know how to do and that I enjoy doing with a passion. People often ask me, what is it about HR that you truly love? And I said, oh, it's the people. You know, the people engaging with the people, learning everything about the people. And then, of course, in the same sentence, they ask, you know, what are the cons or what do you not like about HR? I say sometimes it becomes the people, you know, when you have a few sold apples in the basket, it kind of ruins it a little bit, you know, brings a little rain to that day. But the next day is a new day. And you get to meet new and better
0: people. Yeah, I could imagine, you know, being a people person like you are, that best part of the job is the people. And sometimes the most difficult part of the job is the people. For me, you know, being a leader in this industry, one of the hardest things is always when you have that person that, man, if I could just get them across, you know, and sometimes you can't protect them from themselves. And that's usually the hardest part of the job for me and what I do. And curious, is that kind of what you experience as well?
1: absolutely absolutely you may pour your all into someone and if they just don't grasp it you know it you're heartbroken you know because there's only so much you can pour into someone and if they don't get it they just don't get it you know different personalities different characteristics are required in different roles and you can't fit a square peg into a round hole at all
0: i often tell people that You know, HR is one of the most underappreciated parts of a company. I mean, it's, again, I work with a lot of HR professionals and I've always found them to be incredibly insightful and compassionate about the companies that they work for. I mean, I'm not trying to brown nose at all, but the reality is, is that I often find that human resources doesn't always get its just due, doesn't get the props it deserves, so.
1: You're absolutely correct. So it takes a person that doesn't need a whole lot of hand-holding, pats on the backs. We don't need the hoorah, the cheering. We get that from the personal satisfaction that we get from the job because usually we're the people rewarding, recognizing, appreciating, following up, congratulating, presenting with prizes, awards, and it's very seldom that it comes back to us. So we have to find a space that we can appreciate what we do and get fulfilled just by doing the job itself. That's right.
0: You know, one of the things about being in HR is that maybe one of the reasons why sometimes, you know, you can get overlooked a little bit is that HR is an agent of change on a regular basis. They have to come in and educate the company on what's going on out in the workforce and sometimes that's not always a fun conversation to have. I mean, I imagine over the last 3 years it's About the time you came to Stratix, that HR kind of changed quite a bit. So just curious about that. What do you see as some of the biggest challenges in HR?
1: Well, you mentioned the past three years. Of course, we were in the pandemic. It was a very odd, strange, unusual space for us all. We had to take on different hats, even though we were at least 35 on a regular basis. So we added a few more, which included nurse, intake, doctors, office receptionist. Um, <laughs> so we were taking temperatures. We were fogging the buildings at night to make sure that our team stayed safe. Here at Stratix, we didn't shut down the doors, not one time over that pandemic phase, but we took the extra precautions to you know, like I said, fog at night to make sure the air was circulating clear and clean. We put sanitation carousels at each door you enter, you have hand sanitizer. In our break rooms, in our restrooms, we added additional cleaning rounds. Normally we clean once a day, we clean three times a day, you know, and the break rooms, you know, there's Just hand wipes, towelettes there. So you eat at the table, you clean up after yourself. And, you know, of course, HR, you know, we police it. We make sure that we don't run out of supplies. We make sure that everybody is taking care and cleaning up after themselves. It drove a different path for us over the past three years, but we made it. We did a lot of fun stuff. We made sure everyone had a mask that was available We recorded times when people had to be out for significant periods of time if they contracted COVID during that period. We tried to make it fun every Thursday.
0: (laughs) That's a tall order to make that fun. (laughs) It
1: was a very tall order, but we pulled it off every Thursday. We were just thankful that during that period was one of the busiest periods of Stratic's career. We really boomed. And blossomed and expanded into areas that we didn't even know that mobility would perform well in, specifically in education. We rose to the top of the occasion there because all of the kids were home. They needed Chromebooks, mobile pieces that they could actually do their schoolwork from home. So we took on the largest county in Georgia schools, which is Gwinnett County Public Schools and. We provide Chromebooks and service them every day to each one of the students that participate in Gwinnett County Public Schools. And we continue to do that today. So it was was huge for us. And so every Thursday we were very thankful and we would have what we call thankful Thursdays. And we'd have some type of treat, whether it be a snack, food in-house, you name it we came up with something very innovative just to kind of keep the spirits up we played music cuz we weren't not having customer visits so our team members could relax they could feel comfortable even though they were in a space you know that was outside as people called it you know everyone else was indoors we were outside and it was great
0: yeah. Well, out of curiosity, you know, every time we have something like that happen in the country, you know, I, I remember 9-11. And of course, I remember the financial crisis, all the big events in our country. A lot of things happened during that period that go away, right? There are things that new regulations, oh, this worked. oh, it doesn't work today. It worked yesterday. It doesn't work today. We need to do something different. But what came out of that period, do you think, that will have a lasting impact on HR and its function within the workplace.
1: Spacing, personalized spacing, remote work, where we had not really embraced it as much as we do today before the pandemic occurred. I would say that would be the biggest piece
0: of it, remote work. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's a great point. One thing I would ask about along those lines is just, we do a lot of surveys, you know, whether it's surveying the thousands of people that are in our database and, and even in a previous life, I've done some surveys where we had a larger group of people that we were talking to. But one of the things that was interesting to me is for the first time, you started seeing the workforce and, and more specifically on the contract side, you know, the contingent workforce, number one, as far as what they were concerned about was pay. We all know that it's always gonna be, what am I being paid? But number two was benefits for the first time, it typically wasn't even in the top five or even in the top 10. But over the last two or three surveys, we've noticed that that is something that really, really is starting to matter to people is what type of benefits, even on the contingent side. So I was curious, have you seen any change within the workforce as far as what matters to them, other than obviously the remote work, any of the other benefits that have kind of ticked up the line as to what people are asking for?
1: I'll repeat again, the Remote work, of course, that became a benefit, not a necessity, but a benefit. It's a perk to be able to work hybrid or, or remote medical benefits, in-house provider benefits. How much will my medical care cover, you know, if I have to go into the hospital? What does it not cover? We have three different levels of benefits. We have like a level for team members that don't normally go to the doctor on a regular basis. So with the question around that one, they wanna know what is the deductible? How much and how big will that be when I have to face going into a hospital or medical facility if I get sick, if I choose that plan? Then we have a base plan and then we have a buy-up plan for team members that may have more chronic illnesses. It covers a whole lot more From a prescription standpoint and the actual level of medical coverage and care so they want to really know the background of the coverage not just the surface level they want to know up front where before sometimes they kind of sleep on that and they're not sleeping anymore
0: (laughs) yeah they're much more educated on what their actual benefits cover versus just do you have insurance which is typically what we would get now it really does matter as you were saying, kind of reiterating your point a little bit, what it actually covers and how much is it going to cost me?
1: And then also, they want to know about life insurance. You know, how much life insurance is it? Term? Is it whole life? Is it something I can take with me? Is it portable if I choose to leave here? And do I have to pay for it? Does the company provide it for me? Those are major questions. Now,
0: you mentioned remote work, and obviously, it's uh, something that we're all tackling, right? It's a, it's a very different new norm. That we have out here when it comes to remote work but for you personally how has that shift to remote work impacted your hr functions and what other challenges have emerged as a result
1: well it's almost like having separate companies so if i am planning some type of team building or an employee appreciation i have to look at different types not just for the team member that's in-house we could schedule a food truck, and then everyone gets to eat from a food truck over lunch. But if you're a remote or hybrid that day, you don't get to participate. So now i got to focus on what can I send my teammates that are not here physically, those that never come into the office. I look to gift cards, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Things like that, perks that I can send to them could be a mug or a water bottle or something that they can have and utilize at home where it differs from what the team members in the office appreciate more.
0: And the old school answer of, well those things are a benefit of being in the office doesn't apply anymore. You can't. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't
1: work that way. It doesn't (laughs) work
0: that way. (laughs) Now, out of curiosity, when it comes to growing a business, obviously, a big part of its success is cultivating retention engagement. It's what we always talk about. I mean, obviously, in my line of business, it's the first question I get is, how can you help me with retention and turnover? And obviously, that's a pretty nuanced conversation that we have to have because it's more than just The screening process, there's so much that goes into it, obviously. But can you talk a little bit about how HR influences retention? Yes. So
1: recognizing our team members, making sure they feel valued, our culture, how we flow as an organization is important to our team members. Of course, behind pay. Of course, pay is always the number one thing. But second to pay is how comfortable I am when I'm at work. How well do I work with my team? How well is the communication transcended from my manager? You know, how do I engage with other team members that are here within the organization? How can I cooperate or correspond to team members that are remote, that are not here, but I'm here and be successful in the work? It can be difficult at some times getting everybody's schedule to the same schedule, to have a meeting. And then of course, you know you got to bring in your partners from an HR perspective. IT and finance is always our number one partners within a business setting. And we want to make sure that we have the technology available to incorporate remote workers, hybrid workers with team members that are in-house and that we have the facilitated rooms to accommodate that as well. So of course we have to spend a little bit more to upgrade our systems. So kind of thinking ahead, planning out things is important. Retention is a huge thing that we look at. We look at turnover, retention on a regular, almost daily basis, and look at who our partners are. If we get to a really steep growth spurt in business, how can I quickly accelerate the number of team members that I have on hand or employees in-house or remote? And what are the outlets that I use to help me recruit? So we do reward for employee referrals. I, of course, partner with my staffing agency, TRC, and helping us from a contingent worker placement. They can quickly help us ramp up without having to employ. And that helps out a lot. And one big thing that we did, it has really helped us here is we altered a little bit of our PTO. So for all of our exempt team members, we have what's called flexible PTO. So no longer do you have to count your number of days that you have per year and kind of manage them to that year. You take PTO when you feel you need PTO. We Put it in place for a work-life balance appreciation so that if you feel you need to take a day or two step away, you can do that. Communicate to your manager. HR does not have to manage tracking PTO. As long as you and your manager and your team are good, HR is good. And you take whatever time you need.
0: Yeah, it's funny you said work-life balance and and I always kind Mm of, obviously it's good that people are more concerned with their life outside of work, right? It's it's something that's been pretty much an American feature that our jobs are, you know, our life. And I always think it's funny when I think back to what I considered work-life balance. When I first started, it usually meant that I actually got to sleep in my own bed that night. I, I, that's usually what it meant. It didn't mean that I got to go to a concert <laughs> or do anything else. I literally just got to sleep in my own bed that night.
1: No travel this week. <laughs> no travel this week. No,
0: it's 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 changed quite a bit. And you know, and I welcome it and I encourage it. I mean, obviously, people need to have something to work for. And if if you spend all your time at work and you don't get to go home and spend time with your family, you don't get that opportunity to recoup, it's not good overall. I mean, for your mental health as well as for the safety at work, people need that time to recoup get all their faculties back so that they can come in the next day charged and ready to go to work. I, I, I truly believe Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I totally agree.
0: Another thing that's obviously been fairly big over the last few years, it's, uh, it should have been a big deal for a long time, but over the last few years it's really been a um, kind of an acronym that we've heard a lot, but what are the most common concerns or issues that employees have raised with you related to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. in the workplace? And what is HR's role in addressing those concerns?
1: Very important. And we actually value it here at Stratix. We have what's called a Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council. So we have a group of 12 teammates that are calibrated from countries around the world. So we have a team member from, of course, North America. We have team members from Russia, Romania, Africa and Mexico on that team. We want to make sure that every single one of our team members here at Stratix feels that even if they're not in the room, someone in the room is representing them. Someone is speaking on their behalf and can listen in and can communicate on their behalf what their desires may be pertaining to that topic. We have A number of countries that are represented here, far too many to count. And we feel that everyone here has a voice. And every year we kind of change the flavor of it a little bit. So if we focused on Juneteenth, for example, last year when it was passed as a holiday for most organizations, this year we're focusing on Hispanic Heritage Month. So instead of you know doing the same one over and over every year, we rotate, you know, and we highlight different ones.
0: Some would say you're diversifying it.
1: We're diversifying it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course we do more what we call bringing awareness to different cultures and more educating to cultures from the DE and I perspective. Like we just had a program where. One ethnic background was highlighted and we did a PowerPoint to kind of explain what this means, what this looks like, how you can experience this and what it means to them in their culture. We have monitors throughout our building here at Stratix and we post there different holidays, different organizations and different cultures. And, And it kind of rotates on a slide throughout the day. And it just highlights, ask questions, trivia questions, just to educate our team members on diversity, items like that.
0: Well, I think that's awesome. And the one part that I'll pull out and kind of tag in on is you mentioned education, which I hear these DEI programs a lot, obviously, from what I do, I'm hearing about. But one of the, the key pieces of it that I often find missing is that, is the education part of it. A lot of times it gets into talking about the rules and regulations and what you are not allowed to do and ends up becoming a limiting or an in- conversation in that way. But the education and exposure is so key. If the goal is real change and real inclusion, in my opinion, education and exposure has to be a component of it or else it's all academic. There's no actual application of what we're learning so yeah i think that's very key and kudos to you guys for including that as part of it
1: absolutely thank you
0: oh, you're welcome so obviously uh i only got a few more minutes with you and i'm trying to maximize my time with you get as much out of you as i can but you know out of curiosity one thing that we're, we're dealing with too these days is upskilling and how has that changed the challenges you face in designing and implementing effective training and developmental programs that specifically target employee development?
1: Well, of course, we started out with nothing. (laughs) And we had our own in-house, I call it makeshift training. And a lot of the things that we do is different. They're different than we find outside of our organization. So we have to kind of customize what we need here. However, we were able to find a nice kind of centralized platform That is helping us share, educate, and enlarge our focus on learning and development. So we have HR training where we have like, say, little snippets of videos that we put together, and some of those are made in-house, and some we have purchased from a training company, and then we customize it to what we need. And it could just be something on communication are, we'll say harassment from an HR perspective. And the video skit may last three minutes because no one wants to take a lot of time away from work to watch a video, training video. So we have to cram a lot and a little bit of time so that we keep the attention focused. And so it could just be, you know, protecting your space, making sure that you're not making unwanted suggestions to someone Knowing the keys when someone doesn't want to be bothered, they're not interested, um, when to stop, and sharing that educational piece with our team members so that they know how to respect our team members when they are in close proximity. For example, an IT perspective. We have a lot of spam emails, phishing emails where you you click on this and it could expose or systems to being hacked or something like that. So we do the same thing, maybe a five minute infomercial about what to click on, what not to click on, how to decipher if this is a safe email or if the email is unsafe, or if you don't know, ask someone, you know, have someone else take a peek at it before you click it. Here at Stratic, we don't click on anything. And <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> we don't I, click on anything.
0: <laughs> I'm so phobic these days about clicking on emails. If I watch the person send it to me, I still, hey, you did send that to me, right? Yes. <laughs> Before yes. I click on but, anything.
1: Because yeah. they're good now. Uh, the emails look very legitimate. The biggest one that we've had is a text message now. And the text message comes from our CEO And it says, hey, go and buy $2,000 worth of gift cards and then click here. And of course, our CEO is not sending out text messages to someone in our warehouse. You know, that's not going to happen. And so we want to educate our team members to, you know, if you are not sure, ask your manager. You know, no question is a dumb question. So if you're not sure, just ask.
0: Yeah. I got one of those myself. The first time I, I got one, I, it was like my third day at TRC. I just started and I'm in a VP meeting. You know, It's all the VPs in the same room and the, the CEO owner, Brian's in the room as well. And as I'm sitting there, just met him a couple of days ago, I get a text message that says, Hey Chuck, I need you to send me. And it was like asking for money. And it was from him. Like, And I was like, so I, and I literally was two seats down from him and I kind of leaned over and I was like, do you need me to send you money? <laughs> it was like he's like what? <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, it, it, they are very good at it. Like yes. I literally had just started, and somehow they managed to get my mobile number, knew who my boss was, knew what my role was. It's it's kind of crazy. So I imagine that's changed a lot for you in HR as far as data security goes.
1: It has, it has. I, you know, and I say if criminals would apply as much time and energy into something positive you know, the world would be a much better place.
0: (laughs) I say that all the time. I'm sorry. You got me talking work now as far as like stories. But um, I know, I know. I remember I had this uh, guy one time a long time ago. I got called and told that he had hacked the time clock, you know, that he had figured out how to hack it to keep himself logged in something like 20 hours a day. And he had gotten all these checks. (laughs) And when I found out how difficult it was for him to do it, like what the, the process he went through, as I had to release him, I was telling him, I was like, if you would apply that kind of initiative to actually doing the job that we had here, you'd be one of our top employees for sure. But yeah, I, I always find that do the job instead of trying to get around it. You might be pretty good at it.
1: That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, I've gone over on your time. I did want to at least ask you one other question. First of all, it's been a really wonderful discussion.
1: Same here. I, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I did too. And we're going to have to have you back on because I, I had other questions like, you know, let's put on our amazing Kreskin hat and think about the future, which about the kids won't get that reference, but you got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about what HR is going to look like in five to 10 years. But, but really, I, I want to be respectful and ask you, um, this is my personal question that I, I put in every time. What is the best advice you've given or been given in your career as an HR professional?
1: show up as your true self. Leave the representative at home because the representative is only going to last so long. And then your true self is going to eventually have to come out. So, you know, make sure that you're representing yourself well, you're presenting yourself well, and be truthful, be open, be honest about who you are, what you can do, Because a lot of times we find from a staffing perspective, we find that people are not as honest as we think or would hope on their resumes. And it's only after the fact. We've hired them, engaged them, trained them as much as we could on our processes here at Stratix. But then we find out, no, you really can't do what you said you could do on your resume. And we now have to go backtrack and try to teach you how to do you know, X, Y, Z. So, you know, we here at Stratix, we're real people. We're human. We're humanistic. And we have empathy, you know, when you can't get things, but when you are kind of deceitful up front, that's, you know, kind of makes the path unclear to, to take. So, you know, we like transparency here at Stratix. We love vulnerability as well. We appreciate that. You know we can show and share empathy if you know you're open to being vulnerable to let us know what you like what you don't like uh, what hurts you what makes you feel happy and we want to be that space for you
0: that's awesome to that own self be true absolutely i couldn't have said it better myself totally agree with you Dee. thank you so much this has been a great conversation you're going to commit to coming back right because we've got more to talk about for sure
1: I will. I okay. will. I will. Thank you so much, Chuck. It was nice being here. And thank you so much. com is our website address and social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram and we're on LinkedIn. Stratixcorp.
0: And I saw your LinkedIn today. So go look up D, everybody.
1: Hey, thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you so you, much. I appreciate it.
0: I want to say thank you so much to Dee Barlow for joining me on the show today and sharing some insight on HR challenges and solutions in the workplace. I would also like to thank all of you for joining us today. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode. And for more information on any of the innovative workforce solutions you heard about here, visit trcstaffing.com for all the latest. Until next time, I'm Chuck, and this has been Workforce Water Cooler presented by TRC.